0: Well, that's intense.
1: <laughs> it hits pretty
0: close to home I mean, for that, a lot of people. That is real. Yeah. I mean, a lot of... We've been there. Yeah. We weren't there yesterday or the day before, but yeah. we've been there.
1: I've called you a jerk. <laughs> <laughs>
0: She's not kidding. She's actually said those words. One mm-hmm. time, you didn't say it again, I remember, I Was in the car from Illinois. Yeah. Isn't that interesting how words stick? Uh, uh, but, you know, as you looked at that, and and, you know, it's interesting... As we've talked to so many couples in the last uh, month or so, there are a lot of couples living right there.
1: Yep. And they don't know how to get out. And you may not know how to get out.
0: I mean, I walked off the stage after this first service, and a guy right there just... I said, hey, man, how you doing? He goes, my wife just told me she's leaving. She's packing up right now and Mm -hmm. walking out of our, our marriage. That's where some people are living. Yeah. Super, super hard. And so... Um, you know, let's pray yeah, before before we uh, dive in. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would speak. Mm-hmm. You'd minister. I know there are couples watching or sitting right here and, um, are really really hurting right now. God, we need you. You are the only answer. Even what we're going to say today is not the answer. The answer is who we're talking about today, and that's you, Jesus. So I pray that you would touch and minister. And literally change, transform lives, which will transform legacies. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So it's interesting, um, you know, we're in week three, like we said, of this, uh, this book series. And, you know, I thought it'd be fun to give away a book today. Because you can buy them in the lobby, and we'll sign them for you if you want. But I thought, you know, we have a, a Facebook now, Dave Ann Wilson Facebook, and we've been getting a lot of uh, Facebook posts and messages from singles who are reading the book, saying it's really helpful for them. So I'm giving this away to a single.
1: Let's do right here in the front row. Single
0: on the front row. Huh? That huh? Thinks they might be married. Anybody Look, here single? Please go no? get the front
1: row right here. No. Where are we got one right here? Right here. Oh, oh, you had your hand up.
0: <laughs> all right, Maren, you get it. You know what, Maren, you deserve this. Her house burned down, what, last week? Yeah. You deserve ah. at least a book, all right? And it not like, it feel like it's the bouquet, you know, and the money. That's not what it means. Yeah, you just got it. But um, mm. seriously, I mean, uh, anyway, we just thought it'd be fun. La- last service, I, I gave it away to, to a couple who had a fight on the way to church today. Anybody? Sort of like that, yeah. It's pretty amazing, you know. It, it is sort of crazy. What we're going to talk about today is that you know the number one need of your husband or of men or of sons, and the number one need of women. And we're going to try and split those in half and half of this this thing. We usually do one whole talk on each, so it's going to be going to be hard to do. But it's been really, really interesting um, uh, watching people respond to this book. We uh, I got on a plane yesterday. We flew back. We did radio all week on marriage and family. and We came back yesterday from Ann's dad's 90th birthday party. And we almost missed our flight, so we ended up not sitting together. So I sit down. And I don't know if you've been following this, but God has been taking this book places we never thought it would go. Uh, The last three Saturdays, Fox News has ran an article. Have any of you seen it? By Ann Wilson. And at the end, it gives her bio, and it says, Ann Wilson, the founder of Kensington.
1: (laughs) Finally, I don't know where they get that. Finally I get some credit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny. It's like the founder kept, like, okay. Um, and we keep telling them, that's not really true, but they keep putting it up there. Um, <laughs> I love it. And and the reason that that they put it in there the first week, we didn't even know they were gonna do it. They took an episode, put it on there. It trended. It was like number two story of all stories nationally. Last week, it was number one, and Donald Trump was number two. State of emergency. You <laughs> beat Donald Trump. And the founder of Kensington beat Donald Trump. And so Fox News reached out to us and said, your stories are trending. We need another one from Ann. <laughs> Not from me. And so what's really funny, yesterday, I got on this airplane, and we're separated and ended up on this window seat. And this couple beside me is coming home from Cancun. have been married 15 years. Their first vacation ever apart from their kids. And the funny thing is a couple in front of them were with them, and the lady in front turns around to the lady beside me and says, hey, she has her phone. She goes, hey, you got to read this article I just read on Fox News about marriage. It's so true. And I see the title, which is really big. If you saw it yesterday, her title that she didn't write, but Fox creates these titles. The title Fox came up with was, what was it? I uh, there isn't one thing I like about my husband after six months. There isn't one thing I like my, <laughs> about my husband. Then this happened. and she's, So I see the title, and I go, I go uh, Dad Husband, that's me. And she looks at me, and they both look at me, and they go, yeah, I know, every husband's that. I go, no, 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 <laughs> literally, that, that wife wrote about this husband. She didn't th- like one thing about me. And they're like, what are you talking about? I go, she's sitting in 19E.
1: And they had to scroll down. Dave to Stroll. the picture. Yeah, to see his picture.
0: <laughs> and here's the good thing. They both bought books on the plate. So that's cool. <laughs> so, so I was a salesman yesterday. So. But the
1: thing is, I don't think the thing we don't realize is that people all over the place are looking for help. You know that. But in church, we've been talking about this a lot. But in the secular world, I think that's why it's happening. They have no answers.
0: What's crazy, and I no think, help. to us and Fox is these articles are trending and they're not like covering up Jesus. Yeah, it's all about Jesus. It is all about the only hope you have for your marriage is Jesus. And people, are, it's really, that's how desperate people are. We sat down at a marriage retreat we did in Mississippi last Friday night and this couple was sitting at our table. We go, hey, do you go to this church? Because this church brought us in. They go, no. Oh, you go to another church? No. We're from Dallas. We're like, so for I'm Fort like,
1: Worth. why are you guys here? And he, this guy goes, they drove
0: seven hours, they well, said.
1: My wife and I saw you on the Today Show, and I turned to my wife, and I said, hey, we're a 10, right, in our relationship? We're a 10. She goes, we're a two. He goes, so we drove seven hours, and he goes, his wife left. He goes, I have no idea how to get us to a 10. I hope you guys are going to help us. He was taking notes like crazy. 14-hour
0: round trip just from the Today Show. So anyway, that's what God's doing. It's really amazing that God is trying to help people understand when you go vertical, it changes everything. So let's talk about going vertical in the area of uh, primary need of your husband, primary need of your wife. And of course, this applies to singles because it's men and women. It applies to parenting, sons and daughters, you name it. So uh, let me, we're going to start with the men and we're going to spend about 12 minutes on the men and about two weeks on the women. How's that? Uh, yes, I like <laughs> that. Because they're much more complicated. Let's do that. Uh, so here's the deal. I'll ask the ladies. Okay, ladies, guys don't answer because you already know the answer. What is the number one need of your man? I heard respect and I heard sex. <laughs> and you're right. They're both the same thing anyway. So, um, no. But, but what, what is really interesting is I knew you would say respect. You know why? Because you've heard this before. Whether from us or you've been in church or you know what the Bible says, because the Bible says this. We've done talks like this in corporations and in businesses. And you ask, I'm not kidding, you ask them this in the, in the secular workplace, what's the number one need of men? They literally go, uh, probably sex. They don't even think respect. You don't understand what you already know. Most people don't know. And so we're gonna talk today. And it's like, okay, so you know what respect is? What does it look like? And where do we get this idea? By the way, here's where we get the idea we literally get it from the Word of God. Now, you can get it by studying man and studying woman, but really, the Word of God, we believe, is inspired by God, so the words are very selective and specific. And you go to the classic text in the New Testament, the book of Ephesians, Paul writes a six-chapter book, and the first three chapters are actually what we just sang about. First three chapters are all about theology and doctrine. Who is God? Who are we? I am a child of God. Yes, I am. That's what we just sang. That comes from all over the Bible, but... Uh, Ephesians 1 through 3, and then chapter 4, he says, okay, now let's apply this real practically to your life. And And in chapter 5, he goes into relationships and marriage.
1: I was just going to say, and how that affects, all of that affects how we do marriage. It should affect it. Yeah, and so
0: we get to the end of chapter 5, and by the way, guys, most of chapter 5 is written to the husbands. Amen. Yeah, (laughs) and I bet you, you didn't know that. You know one verse in Ephesians 5, most... Guys in church know Ephesians 5, 22, and that's the only verse they know. It says, wives, submit to your husbands. Yeah, that's what the Bible says. That's all they know. It's like, yeah, what's it say you're supposed to do? This whole chapter is like, and, and at the end, he sort of summarizes, and he says, however, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. We're going to spend the whole day saying, okay, what's that mean? Because I believe Paul was inspired by God to say different words for women, a different word for man. Why? Because God was trying to tell us, this is the number one need of a woman, love.
1: And God would know because he created us. Yeah,
0: and so we're going to talk about love in a second, and then he says, what's the number one need of a man? Not love, although we want to be loved, but it's really a different uh, version of that. It's respect. In fact, this is so true in my life. For years, Anne would give me love sort of anniversary cards, and I'd throw them in the trash. I mean, I liked them. I read them. I love you. You're amazing. Okay, that's nice. And then she started writing me respect cards. Honestly, you can't always find these. So she did it herself. I believe in you. I trust you. I will follow you. Thank you. Those are in a drawer. Why? It's my core need. I want my wife to cheer me. So, ladies, you're the ones taking notes on the first half, all right? You're either taking pictures of the screen, or you're taking them on your phone, or you're writing them down. Guys, you already know this stuff, because we're talking about you. I'm going to be your representative, all right, guys? OK? I'm going to represent you for a few minutes. Now, ladies, you need to ask your guy what it looks like in you, but here's the bottom line. Instead of the word respect, we're going to give you a word, ladies. This is what your man wants. He wants you to be his cheerleader. We're going to be a C word for men and a C word for women. For men, it's cheer. We long for someone to cheer us. In fact, I always say this as a joke, but, you know, if your man came home at the end of the day and you were wearing a cheerleader outfit, that'd even be really cool, too, you know, with a big D on there for Dave. Anyway, uh, we should sell those instead of books, right? He's,
1: he's been saying this for years. <laughs> whatever,
0: whatever. So, but here's the thing. Ladies, when you think respect, just think cheer. What's cheer? You affirm them. You applaud them. You understand them. You notice them. Thank you. I wrote this, all men want, I actually, I think, need a cheerleader. Hmm. And that, and that can be your dad. That can be a buddy. But I'm telling you, when you're married, if, if, if your wife is your biggest cheerleader, that is respect to a man. And here's the amazing thing. If a man feels disrespected, here's how you know. These are like uh, symptoms of disrespect for a man. You know what they are? Anger, withdrawal.
1: And that was really true for us. If I would, Dave and I would get into something, and Dave wouldn't just explode, I would just keep pressing him of something like he wasn't doing or whatever. And a lot of times I would just see him shut down and that would make me mad. And so I would be like trying to get a response from him. So I would go into it
0: even more. And then I'd blow up in anger. Right. And you saw it. That whole drama sketch was about that. What happened, Mike, when she kept pressing? She, he felt disrespected. You don't appreciate who I am. You always tell me what to do. You nag me all the time. That's anger. And what was she feeling? From disrespect. She was feeling unloved. She right. was feeling not cherished. So it was like all right there in front of you. And I know this all men, and when I say all men, I'm right, okay? All men. And boys, go to where they're respected. Men, respect, cheering is like a magnet. It draws us. If a guy's at work too long, you dig that, and get to the root of that, probably there he feels respected, not at home. I felt that many times. Like, they think I'm good at Kensington. I come home, I didn't always feel that. And so guys go where they're respected. If he's sitting at the bar every night, I'll tell you why. Somebody there is making him feel like a man. I'll tell you this. Affairs are not about sex. They're about a man feeling respected by another woman or a woman feeling loved by another man. That's what's at the, at the heart of that thing. So it's really interesting to step back and go, when a man blows up or when, when a man pulls away or doesn't show up or just withdraws, I tell you, you should just say, what did I just say or do that made him feel disrespected? Man, parents, if you did yes. this with your sons, you'd be like, oh my gosh, I just said this and just go, hey, did what I just say make you feel, you know, they may not even know, but I'm guarantee it's right there. So here's, here's I always say: is, is uh, you need to cheer him for who he is and what he does. And so the thing that Ann wrote about yesterday was a story many of you have heard about when we spoke at a mops group here at Kensington, and that sort of came out.
1: Yeah, and I I would say this. For Dave and I, we knew none of this. We didn't know the Bible talked about this when we first got married. We knew nothing. And so um, I didn't cheer Dave very often because everybody else was cheering him, like, oh, they're all like, Dave, you're amazing. And so I'm like, his head will be big enough. He doesn't need me to do that, (laughs) not realizing how it was so important to hear it from me. And so when we had kids and things were going, I I realized that I started critiquing Dave. Um, And we weren't doing that great in our relationship, but I thought, I'm really, you know, he needs this. This will be good for him. And this, I I didn't know it was bothering him until this one day we go to speak at this mops group. And um, I said, what what should we talk about? And he goes, I don't know. I'm just going to flow. You know, I'm just going to go. She was asked
0: to speak. I was asked to come do color commentary. So that's all
1: I did. He just starts going. And and maybe some of you have heard this, but he goes, ladies, I don't even think you get it. But as little boys, usually there's someone in our lives that are saying, good job, good job. And we love that. And then we get older and we find what we're good at. And it's a niche. And so it's like a teacher, a professor, a coach, someone, a mentor saying, wow, good job. Job. you're great look at you and he goes and I played college football so on Saturdays and he gets up out of his stool and you know he's really into this on Saturdays I have fans that are cheering for me as I'm playing football Dave Wilson you're the man and then he goes and then I met Ann and she says basically I asked her to marry her and she says so of all the men in the world Dave Wilson you are the man I choose you and she's cheering for me and I'm like all right this is good. This is really good. And I'm, I'm going with him. And then all of a sudden he goes, and then after we're married a while, we walk in the door and all we hear is boo, boo. And he's doing this and he looks over at me and I'm like, yes, he was like, what are we doing right now? <laughs> like what is
0: happening? I was like, this is going to be a long drive home. And it was. I
1: don't even know how we ended. I was so shocked. I was also humiliated. And so we get in the car, and I was like, What was that? And he goes, I don't know. It just came out.
0: That was from God. That's what that was. That was Holy Spirit speaking very right clearly. And I me. said,
1: you, think I'm, you really think I boo you? And he goes, Yeah, that's exactly what it feels like. I mean, like.
0: I remember saying, I don't, obviously, you don't, you don't literally boo me, but you critique me. I'm not good enough. I'm not doing enough. Every day it feels like you're on me about something, just like we saw, and it doesn't it just feels like boom. And I was like, Oh, I am helping you. That's that's what I said, I am
1: helping you. (laughs) And I said, like, no one sees all the things that I see. I am like helping you to be better. And he goes, It's not really working. And I said, I know, it's not working. <laughs> and so I thought I need to critique more because I thought, I truly thought it would motivate me. She him.
0: thought she was the Holy Spirit of God. I did. <laughs> I was like, my life. I
1: am the Holy Spirit's helper. <laughs> He's the helper, but I'm he helping you. And so I was so upset about this so, whole thing. And so I went home and I went up to God and I said, God, is this true? Do I boo Dave? Do I critique him? And, um. I realized that he said, yes, and I want you to cheer for him. And I was afraid to do that because I really did think if I cheer for him, he'll think I'm satisfied and it will enable him to stay the same. It won't motivate him. And I've realized like what I've been doing for the last probably 15 years is not motivating him. And so I told God, I don't know what that looks like. And I felt like God was saying, I'm cheering for you every day. And I'm cheering for Dave every day, look for the good things, thank him, point out the things that I've put in him. And so I went on this journey, first of all, of analyzing. Dude, I don't do this. And I started listening to my thoughts. And I thought, oh wow, I am continually critiquing him. Like, why don't you help me? It's exactly what that girl was saying. Why don't you think about me? Why don't you ever bring flowers to me? Why don't you, you?" everything was in my head. Why doesn't he ever do that? And here's the
0: amazing thing, just for sake of time. She is today my biggest cheerleader. It's unbelievable. She is, and not just today, for decades now. I mean, and again, it didn't change overnight. And if you haven't read the book, read that section. It's chapter 5 all the way through 11 is communication, conflict, and this. And there was a journey that she went on that you write about. And even in the blog yesterday, I had to cut all that out. But it's like, man, all I know is this. She started to notice me mm-hmm. and what I do. She started to speak life to me. And it literally motivated me to become the man she said I was. Here, here's what happened. She started to speak words that I didn't even believe were true about me. She started to say stuff like, man, you are an amazing spiritual leader in our home. I'm like, no, I'm not. You've told me for decades I'm not. Well, I'm telling you right now, <laughs> I'm watching you and you did this and you did that and you're amazing. So here's what, here's, what, I look back on it because here's what she did. She was saying, I'm, you're this guy. And I'm like, no, I'm sort of this guy. And before, she was trying to get me to be that guy by saying, you're not that guy. You should do this and this. And here's what I did. Mm -hmm. I became worse. When she started saying, this is who you are, and I'd say, no, I'm not. She'd say, yes, you are. I started to go, I'm going to become that guy. It motivated me. I'm telling you, ladies, that's how men are motivated. How do I know that? I am one, and it's tied to respect. And someone had come
1: up to me, and she said, there's nothing good to cheer. I've had women say that. There is nothing good to cheer. And I would say this. God sees your man, and he really is doing this. Look at him. Look at the things I put in him. Find those things. You married him because you saw those things. So start speaking that into him, and he really will. It will fill him with
0: life. Yeah, I mean, it it, it started to change me, and I watched her do the same thing with our sons. She was a life changer. So here's, ladies, write this down. There's three top three cheers. All right, these are the three cheers. I would encourage you to do it every day. You're the man. You're the man. I'll follow no, you anywhere not you want that. to. No, it's not like that. <laughs> it's not that kind of cheer. It's actually from Shanti Feldhahn's book called For Women Only. She studied 3,000 men, and she says, ladies, if you want to know what a man's like, here it is. And I'm telling you, get the book and read it, Shanti Feldhahn. She says, here are the ch- top three cheers, okay? First one is this, and I've already said it. Notice what your man does.
1: And I would say- put, Notice put, it. Put that along and thank him, because here's what I would do, like- they would take out the trash, and I would, and I would think I felt God saying, "Thank Him for that." Mike, like, "Thank Him? Here's what I'm embarrassed to say: Who thanks me? Nobody <laughs> thanks me, and I do everything around here. See that pridefulness? But I started, hey, thank you for mowing the grass. Thanks for bringing it. Just those things. Thanking our kids for it. Like and, that. And says she's a lot. modeling
0: the second one. Notice it and speak it. Speak it loud. Speak it out. Speak it out loud. Say it to them because she started to notice things. Uh, you know, every guy always, well, thats a whole other thing. But I always say men have lats. Lats, lonely, angry, tired, stressed. Every guy feels that. Lonely, and women, angry, too. tired, stressed. We feel that. And so, you know, we're never thankful for what we do. And I remember one time we're sitting down at the table and she said, uh, the boys were little, she said, hey, before we pray, I just want to say something to dad. And She turns to me, she goes, thank you for working so hard to provide this meal for our family. You do this day in and day out. You never complain. You go in, you work, and thank you. I really appreciate you doing that. Now I knew she had just read Shanti's book.
1: It was on the counter. Right?
0: It was right behind her on the hutch, and I'm like, she's just doing it. But all I knew as a man, my chest started going. It just, like, started coming out, like, I am the man. All right. I didn't say that, but that's what I wanted to say. It's like, you're welcome, madam. You know, it's just like, (laughs) it just felt so good for somebody to notice and speak it. Because here's what we feel, ladies. We often feel nobody really notices, and when they do speak, all they do is critique. Mm -hmm. And that's demotivating to a man. So it's interesting. When you speak words of life, Proverbs 18.21 says, the tongue has the power of life or death. And critique is words of death, and it demotivates a man. I'm sure it demotivates a woman, too. And it doesn't,
1: let me add this, it doesn't mean that you don't speak truth sometimes. It's just that you've put so much life that then when you say something that might be hard, they're more able to receive it. And
0: I would even ask you to say, God, help me to see what's good about this man, because you've forgotten. There was something you saw when you married him, and I know you're thinking, there's nothing good to even cheer. Yeah, there is. Mm -hmm. There might not be much, but there's something, and you cheer it, and it'll grow. I'm just telling you, it will, it will multiply. And I would
1: say, go to God every day and say, God, what is it? Show me what I should be cheering in my husband.
0: I remember I wrote down, Cody was speaking at a midweek, I don't know if you remember this, months ago, and he was talking about putting on God goggles and seeing people the way God sees them, and he made this statement, he says, when you see others, and I, I, I personalize it to marriage, when you see your spouse the way God sees them, you will say to them what God would say to them. That's good. So man, that, that right there will change your marriage. Uh, we had a woman Facebook us yesterday after reading Ann's thing about speaking life to your husband, and she said, I think this blog saved my marriage. Now, it may have been a little dramatic. It might have been the truth. I don't know, but she's like, all I ever do is critique my man, and I'm going to do this. I had another woman speaking. call and Bye. say,
1: or text and say, my, my husband's been gone 10 years. I never once spoke any words of encouragement to him, and I regret that so much.
0: All right, so I told you i give you the top three cheers. So what was the first one? Notice, second one, speak life, and the third one is desire him sexually. You're like, what? For marriage. For marriage. (laughs) This is the covenant of marriage, and I'm not going to talk about it because we're going to talk about that next week. Next week is about, you won't believe what it's called next week. uh, Next week's title is Sex in the Chapel, and that's chapter 12's title, and it's not what you think. It's not that. It's a play on words, but here's what I want women, and, and Shanti drew this out, it's like, I don't think wives understand when you want your man, when you desire your man. And I was joking about it earlier, but that feels like respect to a man. And again, we don't have time now. We'll talk about it next week for the whole service about what does God's design for sexual intimacy look like in marriage and how important that is. But that's, that's really the, the three top three spheres. And so now we're going to talk about women. Yes. You ready? We got, we got more time we had the last service, and we're going to talk about women. So here's the thing. I thought as we talk about women... For the next two hours, here's what we're going to do. I'm kidding. Um, we're going to take the offering right now. Because, you know, what does a woman really want? Money. That's what she wants. And so does God. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding.
1: It does help sometimes.
0: It does help. It does help. No, but the ushers are going right now to get their pouches. They're going to pass that. And I'm kidding about that. But here's, here's why I'm taking the offering as we keep going. Think about this. When you respect someone, what do you do? You give. You serve. You say, I'm thankful, and you you serve people that you respect. And so the offering is a worship moment, just as important, if not more important than singing songs of worship. It's an action that says, I respect God so much, I want to give back to him. And so the pouch is going to come by, and I know most of us don't even put anything in the pouch because this is how we do it now. We just give online. And so if you're new here and you're like, man, I want to jump in and be a part of this. I do respect God. I want to honor him with, with giving. You can do it online like we do. It's that simple, and uh, you can join in the thousands that already already given. I want to say thanks. Thanks for respecting God that much that it affects your wallet, which is me, and that, that is true, true respect. All right, so uh, Anne's going to sort of walk you through what, what, what love looks like, because if you go back to Ephesians 5.33, it says, husbands, love your wives. But here's what, here's what we like to do. is like, I don't think we understand the word love. I mean, love. What does love mean? I love, uh, I love ice cream. I love God. Oh, same thing? No, it's totally different. I love uh, the Lions winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, whatever. So, it's like we don't know what love means. So, here's what I use. We use a, a C word for respect for, for women. Cheer your man. Here's a C word for guys to understand love. Cherish. Cherish your woman. I, 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 I say every woman longs to be cherished. Longs To be cherished, it's another way to say love.
1: And every single woman is different in knowing what that looks like or what that looks like to you personally. So men, ask your daughters, ask your wives, ask your girlfriends, like what does that mean? What does that look like for you to be cherished? Because it will be different for all of us. And
0: And for guys, I think most of you guys are like me. I know how to cherish stuff. You know what I mean? I have some stuff I sort of cherish. I have a Harley Davidson in my garage right now. I cherish it. What's that mean? You're not getting on it right? I protect it. I put a cover over it. I put it in a certain spot. I'm very particular about it. I've studied it, the right kind of oil, kind right? of I have a few guitars in my house. Same thing. It's like, you're not touching those things. They're in a humidified room. I talk about them. I'm excited about it. That's what cherish is. We cherish stuff. Some of you cherish your golf clubs or your 70-inch TV, right, or your video. Take that and say, okay, what would it be like to cherish your woman Yes. To protect her, to study her, to brag about her, to understand what brings out the best in her. And it's interesting, when you go back to Ephesians 5 and you look at what Paul said, in the message translation, he gets real specific and say, okay, this is what it means to love your wife.
1: So, guys, listen to this. This is from the message version. Husbands, go all out in your love for your wives, exactly as Christ did for the church, a love marked by giving, not getting. Christ's love makes the church whole. His words evoke her beauty. Everything he does and says is designed to bring the best out of her. And when I read that, here's what I think. It's easy to do that in the beginning process of wooing your wife, of, trying, you know, of winning her over. But then what happens in marriage, what we can feel like as women, is you pursued us so much, but then it can feel like you're pursuing all these other dreams now. And that for a woman can feel devastating. I remember receiving a a letter years ago from a woman who said, my husband pursued me. Like I wasn't interested in first, but he won me over. And I feel so duped because I really feel like it was a lie. She said, because now what I feel like is he's a hunter. She said, honestly, I feel like he saw me, he shot me, he begged me, he put me on the mantle, and now he's on for his next hunt. And she said, that's what I feel like, he's forgotten me. And he's off doing his things, and I'm left here behind feeling like none of that was true. And that's hard for us as women.
0: So here we go. I gave the, the ladies three cheers, I'm going to give the men four. Yeah. Because women deserve one more, right? And they're all words start with the letter T. Because if you're like me, dude, you're, you're just like, dude, just tell me what to do. Just tell me what to do and make it simple. So here you go. If you're going to cherish your woman, and here, by the way, you've got to ask her if this is the way yep. she feels cherished. They're so complicated. It's gonna be so different. Yes. So you gotta ask her. She might be totally different. That'd be the thing you do on your date. Dad put
1: more time into us. Here's the first one. <laughs> time. Your woman needs time, and that this is so true for me. And that's quality time, not just quantity. Quality where we really where you're pursuing her.
0: And we talked the first week. I uh, hope you start doing it every week. Go on a date. And I'm telling you, date weekly. And I'm telling you, that says to your wife, you matter. That, you know, that couple that I sat beside in the airplane yesterday, they said they hadn't been away from their kids in 15 years. They said, that's really good, right? I said, no, it's really bad. You need to leave your kids. It's a good thing for your kids. And I understand we love our kids, but man, you get a sitter, you get out. Yeah. And, and those, I guarantee your wife's going to feel cherished because you're, you're making this an intentional part of your life. And those of, to get to go.
1: those of you who are in blended families, like this is new and you're trying to blend your families, make this a priority of your relationship comes first. I know that it feels like, oh, my kids have been through so much, I'm trying to protect them, but your marriage and your relationship really matters.
0: And so when you go on this date, here's what you do. Second T, you talk about the relationship. <laughs> And yes. I, put, I put three A's in there because men want to talk, women want to talk, right? You know this. You ever heard a study that they studied how many, men, uh, how many words a guy uses in a day compared to a woman? Now, I know these are generalizations, but they said the average guy has about 12,000 words capacity a day, 12,000 words a day. The average woman, 25,000 words a day would gust up to 30,000. So it's like crazy, <laughs> Right. So they want to talk.
1: But here's the thing. Like Dave, really, he actually talks more than I do and uses more words than I do. Sometimes. But women, we generally like to talk about deeper stuff like our relationship. Because Dave's talking and talking. And I'm like, okay, let's talk about us. And then he has this total look of fear like, <laughs> oh, no. Well, I'm
0: like, if you got to talk about it, it means it's bad, right? Am I right, guys? So, But, but here, I'll tell you something. What, what changed, one of the things that changed... After that 10-year anniversary when Ann said, I've lost my feelings for you, one of the things I had as a goal was she'll never say that again. And that's not on her. That's on me. Understanding what makes her feel loved, cherished. And I knew this. Time is love language to to her. And talk. But here's the thing. I didn't want to go on a date and talk about a relationship because I was afraid to. Mm -hmm. And I decided... If I'm going to love her and she's going to have feelings of love for me 10, 20, 30 from years, years from now on our dates, we need to talk about what I don't want to talk about. So I did.
1: And I'm going to tell you men, your, not only does your wife want that, but your sons and daughters want that too. They want to know you. They want your heart. They want all of it. And I don't know what that looks like for you, but just to open up because we all want that from you.
0: Yeah. And so we started talking and I, and I sort of hated it. <laughs> Because we said this the first week, but I, I, on the date, I'd say, so on a scale of 1 to 10, where are we right now? And it was like a 2. It's like, well, we're better, you know, and then I'd be like, how do we get to a 4? And she knows, and so we talk about that, and it, and it actually got better. And so one of the other things I learned early is that as we talk, she doesn't want me to fix or solve her problems. I did not know that. I thought that's why we were talking, (laughs) so that I could help her with her problems. I came came home one day, the kids were little, and she was having the worst day ever. And I remember she was sharing about that, and I said, "I'll be right back." And I ran upstairs, which was crazy. Yeah,
1: I was I was crying. Like I'm a terrible mom. I feel so frustrated. So he leaves, and he comes back with this little three by five three by five cards, and. And he goes, hey, I went upstairs and I wrote this for you. And I really thought, oh, he's written me like a love encouraging note. Like, this is the sweetest thing ever. And it was numbered to 10, one to 10. And I thought, oh, it's 10 things that I'm so good at and that why I'm a good mom. And so I'm like, you wrote this for me? He goes, yeah, I prayed and I asked God and he gave it to me. I'm like, oh. and so I read it. and like, number one. I read it out loud. This
0: is not good. Get, okay. get, Just get, you know.
1: get more organized. <laughs> and I'm thinking... Well, the rest will be encouraging. And I look at him like puzzle. I'm like, number two, use your time more uh, wisely. Uh, that, that's good enough. I'm like, what? You get
0: the idea. What? It gets worse. It really does. And
1: so I'm like, what is this? He goes, I just felt like this would really help you. I'm like, "You and you prayed about it? I'm he like, goes, this is
0: from God.
1: And so I took it, and I ripped it up into little pieces, and yes, I did. threw it in his face. I said, did. that was from Satan.
0: She said exactly that. I did,
1: because women, do we want someone to fix it? No, what do we want? Just listen. Now, guys, I know that's like, oh, I don't even know. When you go into a, a conversation with your wife and she's venting, here's what you ask. What do you need from me right now? Look at all these wives like, that. that's it right yeah. there. What do you need? Sometimes we're just, just listen. And so Dave yeah. did that.
0: Most of the time she was like, I just need you to listen. Just, just be there. I'm like, oh. Yeah, it must have been hard. Oh, I can't imagine how that felt. And then afterwards, she's like, thanks. That was so helpful. I'm like, I did nothing. I just went, uh, 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 You know? But that's what you want. Yeah, it made you feel I, just, I want him
1: to be in it with me. I want him to be in my life, and I want to be in his life. I want us to know each other. All right, guys,
0: you ready? So I want the first two T's. Men, what are The first one is? Second. Dude, you don't say it like time. Right now, she feels unloved the way you said it, all right? <laughs> You gotta have some enthusiasm, is that like, you? I' right? here. Try it again. What's the first one? Yeah. What's the second oh. one? Talk. All right. And then the third one, guys. You ready? You're gonna like Just this your one.
1: your enthusiasm makes us feel loved, doesn't it, yeah, women?
0: Listen to that. All right. Third one, you're gonna like. Write this down. Touch. Yeah, baby. Now we're talking. <laughs> she wants you to touch her. Not like that. <laughs> It isn't what you think. It's not sexual touch. In fact, put it beside it in parentheses, non sexual touch. And I have no idea what that is, so she's going to tell you. No,
1: no, no, she has that. I have no idea. Yeah, I have no (laughs) idea. I had a
0: question mark, non sexual touch. No, one of the things Shanti found out as she studied men, and you've told me, is she doesn't want touch that always leads to the same place.
1: Well, here's what happened when we're dating, Dave's like, he's rubbing my back, he's holding my hand, you know, he has his his hand on my leg, he's talking, looking at me eye to eye, and I'm like, I love this. It wins us over as women. And then later, when we got married, I'm like, why don't you ever do that anymore? He goes, why would I need (laughs) to? I'm like, oh my gosh, just show me that you love me. It's so
0: embarrassing, but guys, I'm just telling you, non-sexual touch, it's not leading to sex. We're going to talk about this next weekend you know, the whole sexual relationship with God's perspective. But I didn't know what that looked like. In fact, in fact, we read a book years ago, and I don't have time to get into all the details, but it was, it was a book that basically uh, a counselor wrote after years of counseling. He said, let me tell you the top five needs of a woman and the top five needs of a man. And he just had a chapter in each one. So I opened the chapter titles, and number one need, this author said, of a man is, guess what? He didn't say respect, he said sex. And I'm like, man, I like this guy already, right? And then I'm looking at this, and so I go down to chapter six where he's going to say, okay, number one need of a woman, and I look at the next five chapters, sex isn't listed in the top five need of a woman. I'm like, what a bummer. So I go to Anne. <laughs> and I'm like, is this true? There's, why isn't sex even listed? And she looks at it, and she goes, oh, it's the top three. So then I'm like, what are the top three? Which
1: and
0: are? I'm going to tell you, guys, you better write this down right now. I'm not kidding. I don't have to look. I memorize these because here's what I did when I saw that. Then I turned to Ann. I said, are these your top three? Because they may be different for your wife or your daughter or your girlfriend, but I want to know. And she said, these are my top three. And here's what he said. Number one, affection. Now, affection is what? Non-sexual touch. That's what it is. It's just just this. I mean, some ladies even said in, in quotes, I love it when my husband puts his hand on my knee at church. I feel loved. Me too. Who knew? I'm like, I'm I'm serving God right now. Get out of my way. It's like, (laughs) no, it's vertical marriage. We're together on this. So affection was number one. Guess what? Number two is conversation. What's conversation? Talk. That's what conversation is. And the
1: third one is openness and honesty, where you let us into your lives. and Into your heart. Yeah. And you ask us what's going on in our heart. We love that as women. And that is so critical
0: for us. And I would just add a footnote, guys. I don't think I need to say this, but I'm shocked sometimes the things I need to make sure you understand. When, when a woman says, "I want," when your wife says, I want your heart, that also means no other woman gets this.
1: And this is true for women too. No other man gets your heart nobody. Is it this is shared her? only
0: here, never outside the marriage covenant. And that makes her feel loved and cherished and me as well. But it's like, it's, that, that's all touch. You know, it isn't what you thought. Next week we'll talk about that, but this is non-sexual affection, conversation, honesty and openness. And then the last one is the last T. So we got time, we got talk, we got touch and we got truth. Truth. What do I mean by truth? It's not a great word. It's just a good T word. But so I, I, I defined it a little bit. It means lead your wife, lead your family in going vertical spiritually. Lead them to the truth. What's that mean? You can't give away what you don't have. Hmm. And so what, I, what we often see in Christian homes and church-going homes is guess who leads the family spiritually? The woman, well, the wife.
1: And so often we as women, we don't always want to have to be the one to say, hey, family, let's go to church. Sometimes it's so nice just to have your partner, your husband with you to say, kids, let's do this. We're doing this. Like, we're going. And and to even initiate that, that feels good for us as women. Even praying and initiating prayer together, that feels
0: great. I would say the action point out of of week one, two weeks ago was what? Pray daily. You doing it? I'm just asking, are you doing it? Because I say, men, lead her. She will love you. She'll feel loved when you do that. And I'm not saying like you're, you're strong and dictatorial. I'm saying you're strong and gentle. You're firm and well, tender. Well, yeah. After and the I mean, first
1: week, this one woman texted me and said, my husband initiated prayer. We got down on our knees together and she said that was the best thing that we have ever done in our marriage. And because
0: he initiated and it. And I had no idea this made Ann feel loved. We were early in our marriage. I remember one day walking out of the shower. She was in the bed reading a book. And I walked out I of shower. had my book up like this. I walked out naked. Now, I'm not, you know, just, it was one of those days. And I had the towel over my thing. And I'm sort of, she didn't even look. She's like yeah, this. And I'm like, <clears throat> and this is what she does. She goes. She goes. <laughs> She didn't even, I'm like, so I put the towel on my waist, and I went over, I sat on the bed. She does not remember I this know. conversation, which shows you how it stuck with me, but not with her. I so remember I, the
1: other part, but not the conversation.
0: Oh, sure you do. That's what you're saying. <laughs> so I sat down the bed, and I said, hey, let me ask you something. So I walk across the room naked, and you're not attracted. You're like, whatever. I go, what would make you attracted to me? And, and she doesn't remember saying this. I'll never forget it, because I marked it down. She goes, when you walk with God, that's attractive. And I'm like, wow, really? Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't say this, but I was thinking, man, if that's how this works, I'm going to become the Apostle Paul. You know, it's like, <laughs> I'll be the most spiritual man you ever saw in your life. But, but again, that's next week. But here's, here's the thing. <laughs> it's like, I had no idea that a wife, a Christian woman, feels loved when her man walks with God. Why? Because when you walk with God, you're receiving from Christ and you become a man who keeps his promises. Mm -hmm. You become a man of integrity. You become tender instead of an angry jerk yelling. Why? Because God transforms your heart. Does that make your woman feel loved? Yeah. And women, do not do this. Do not sit there and go like this right now. You work on you. I'm talking to the guys right now and saying, guys, I'm telling you right now, you want her to feel loved? Walk with God be the greatest thing you ever did. And and by the way, I would say you start there and then you add the others to it. You walk with God, you, you pursue the truth first, hmm. and then and non-sexual touch and, and time and talk, it's all there. Yeah,
1: it's all good. Oh okay. good?
0: Yeah. All right, so here's what we're gonna do. Um we're gonna pray and then here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna go vertical. Together. It's called worship singing. It's called singing songs that that remind us of the truth and literally He is the way, the truth, and the life. So we're going to sing a song that says, I'm going to build my life on the only one who's worthy of my life, worthy of my singing. Some of you,
1: as we're singing, like it's good sometimes to worship, sing, and sometimes you just take a moment just to talk to God through some of the things you're thinking, feeling. Maybe you surrender all the things you're feeling or the anxiety. You say, God, here it is, and I put my hope and my trust and my marriage in your
0: hands. We uh, got an email from a guy that came to our book, Launch Night. And he said, our marriage is, is, was destroyed. We couldn't even talk to, as we drove to Orion Campus. And, as we, and he said, you got up, and I, I grabbed a guitar and taught, you, taught them the song we've been singing the last couple of weeks, Raise a Hallelujah. And he said, you know, I asked as you started to sing that song. I said, God, I need a sign that we're going to make it. This is how God works sometimes through art. It's not always a spoken word. It's through oh. art. And he says, during that song, I feel this hand. Reach over and he goes, who's touching me? And he looks over and it was his wife. God uses art, uses worship as we go vertical to do, he breaks down walls mm-hmm. that don't happen when you just read or talk. They happen when you allow your emotions to experience what you're experiencing. So that's why I'm gonna invite you to stand and sing. Stand and pray and worship. Because here's the thing, we've been hearing from so many couples that are really, really hurting And so I want to pray for you couples, and then I want to invite you to the only thing that will save your marriage, and it's not a thing, and it's not a book. It's what that book's about. It's Jesus, and it's going vertical. So let's pray. Father God, I pray, especially for those couples that are hurting right now. Lord, I pray for a miracle. I pray that you would soften hearts, soften hearts of husbands, soften hearts of of wives of parents and kids. Lord, only you can do that. We can't. We try and we just can't. It's, it's, it's spiritual. It's deep. And only you, God, can do it. So, Lord, as we look vertical, as we turn vertical, as we sing to you, Jesus, God, would you soften our hearts and change us, even in this moment, so as we walk out of here, we could live out what we're saying. We love you and we praise you. You are worthy. In Jesus' name. Amen.